When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. You're listening to a Score North podcast right now. And if you're a business owner, so are your customers. In fact, I could be talking about your business right now, telling the tens of thousands of loyal fans about you and sending them to your business. Find out how you can partner with your favorite Score North podcast. Visit scorenorth.com now and enter keyword partner. Fill out the form and we'll get in touch with you quickly. Once Phil, Judd, Declan, or others start talking about your company, you'll be amazed at how many fans start showing up. So visit scorenorth.com now and enter keyword partner. These two guys have Minnesota sports flowing in their veins. Mackie and Judd on Score North and scorenorth.com. Reckless speculation. Reckless speculation. Boy, it's peak reckless speculation season right now. Uh, you got the NHL draft tonight. See what the Wild do. We've got mm-hmm. NBA league year opening up here in a couple of days. I know you guys had a great scoop session with Doogie yesterday where it's getting aggregated all over the place. So he's saying that the Wolves and Wizards have had communication, or at least have talked to each other in some form about the Wizards' stash of young, talented point guards. Uh, Dante DiVincenzo, according to Doogie, quote, has a lot of interest in playing for the Timberwolves. Yep. So some if, if people haven't heard the Doogie bonus scoop session with you guys yesterday, I should highly recommend you go check he it out. He came on, he was firing away too. Like he was just he reading went. like texts from people too. Was he do was he, he like, did one text? Dudes? He did okay, one, one text, text, but but like I, I told him pre show, I said, I'm going to bring the show in, introduce you, and go. And he did. Like he was just throwing fastballs. Oh, I love it. And I mean he threw, I think, the pitch count decks. One ten, you think? Yeah, but he got stronger as the game him. went on. You know, like it, like you uh, know, no. you know, you know, Verlander back in like at his peak would go like yep. 92, 93 in the first Eighth innings, inning, then ninety four, and then ninety eight. Like the heaters yes. just kept coming as the game went yeah. on. Yeah, so he was saving the velo for like later in the in the segment, basically. Okay. Absolutely, and we did not Baldellium one bit. <laughs> just let him go, man. Like we're just like, no, man, you're going. Nothing. To, yeah, there's nothing to save it for now. I mean, this is the week. This is the this is like the Amen. the peak week for Doogie to. Speculate recklessly. So I don't think we should do a lot of Torian Prince stuff here just because the Wolves have to make a decision on him here in the next few hours. And so anything we dive into might sort of run out of uh, relevancy. But he did unfollow the Timberwolves on Instagram, I'm seeing from from Wolves social media. Okay, I, I have not verified this myself, but I do trust that uh, the people who have sleuthed around know what they're talking about. Mm-hmm. So... Dane Moore does a great job of kind of laying out the intricate salary cap details. But basically, 
the Wolves have, if they if they keep the core intact, so if they keep Carl Anthony Towns and Rudy Gobert, obviously they're keeping Anthony Edwards and Jordan, and um, uh, Jade McDaniels. So if they keep like those players, the, the expensive players together, there's still things they can do if they if they waive Torian Prince, Jordan McLaughlin, Nate Knight, they could still bring back Nikhil Alexander Walker, who's a restricted free agent, and they could still use their mid level exception if they wanted to, or like a chunk of their mid-level exception to bring in another player. And so Doogie has thrown out Dante DiVincenzo. Another name that got thrown out there, I believe it was Jake Fisher from Yahoo that first put this out, is Bruce Brown. So you may have remembered like the Nuggets had their little eight, nine-man rotation. Bruce Brown was one of the the spark plugs off the bench, a six-foot-four combo guard. He got his ring in Denver, and now it's time to go make some more money. And so I guess my question for you guys is how would you feel? Like, let's say it was Dante DiVincenzo. These guys are both like six foot four combo guards. DiVincenzo, more of an outside shooter. Bruce Brown, more of a like get to the paint, drive to the rim. He can also shoot threes. Mm-hmm. I think Bruce Brown, because of just being a high profile rotational player in the NBA playoffs and finals, probably has a market that would be a little higher than DiVincenzo, but DiVincenzo was a key contributor for the Bucks and the Warriors over the past four or five years. So if they were to like move off Torian Prince, move off, let's say Jordan McLaughlin and Jalen Noel as a free agent and replace those minutes with a Bruce Brown, a Dante DiVincenzo, one or the other more Nas Reed minutes. Right. And then empower like, a Josh Minot, some of these young players you've drafted in the first and second rounds, Wendell Moore Jr. could get some more minutes, et cetera. Does that feel like a plus for the Timberwolves here if they make those moves in the next five to seven days? Probably depending on who the player is. Like if it's Bruce Brown, for sure. Even Chinzo, probably. But yes, it feels like it's a plus in the roster construction slash personnel groupings. Uh, Because as you said, Phil, it's imperative now that you find more minutes available for Nas Reed as well. So yes, if you could do this, manipulate it to where where it would be possible by going away from Prince to bring in a player like a Bruce Brown, absolutely. I, I think that that, do, do I think that that incredibly improves you? I don't know about that, but I think that that gives you better roster construction. And, and I think it also starts to answer the questions of how you're probably going to get certain guys that deserve it playing time as well, which they need to do. I think I'd lean Bruce Brown. Um, you know, I, I was a big Jalen Noel fan at the beginning part of last year, and I, I honestly thought he'd be a great six man in general. But he was just—I don't know. He, he at, at, by midway through the season, he was kind of more ineffective than effective. And I think Bruce Brown being able to kind of play a little bit of everything—he's played point guard, he can play small forward, he can kind of be, you know, a, a point guard if you will when he's on the court. I think I'd rather lean that guy and a guy too that has won an NBA title. I mean, that, that culture thing I think does matter to a degree. So if, if you're asking me to pick, I would probably lean Bruce Brown. Yeah. Like I, DiVincenzo to me would be a good consolation prize. True. He's a 40% three point shooter last season, 26 years old. He can initiate or play off ball. Um, I don't know. I guess it's hard sometimes when a player plays for the Warriors and all of a sudden their three-point percentage jumps up. It's like they're leaving him open because they have to account for Steph and Clay. So I'm a little worried that you might be buying high on his shooting percentage 
And then when he gets here, you know, like he'll get some open looks here because you got to account for Carl Anthony Towns and Anthony Edwards. So, you know, I'm not saying he's going to have like double teams running at him or anything, but the reason I love Bruce Brown and Declan laid some of these out, like he's got championship experience. He doesn't just rely on like DiVincenzo, 70% of his shots are from the outside, which sounds glamorous and great. Oh, he's like a sniper shooter. But Bruce Brown can make threes, but like 55 to 60% of his shots are in the paint at the rim. He was an 80% rim converter last year, which is among the best in the NBA. He's just kind of a hard-nosed bulldog. He can, he can, you can play him for 20 minutes or 35 minutes if you need to. And he can sort of just like, you know, play into any role you need. So I think, especially if you're talking about replacing Jordan McLaughlin, Jalen Noel type minutes with a guy like this. I like this gets me at least a little bit more excited about the the idea of running it back. Like if you're going to run it back, at least make a couple meaningful tweaks to the edges yeah, and the peripheral. And then like on the flip side, you know, the Torian Prince, so Torian Prince more of a he's like 6 foot 7, 6 foot 8, more of a a wing player. These guys were talking about more they're more guard players, but if you were to say goodbye to Torian Prince, you'd need at least someone to come in and take some of those like lanky minutes, right? Right. I want to see Josh Minot. Josh Minot was one of the best players in the G League last year. When he did get limited minutes with the Timberwolves, he's an energizer bunny player. They found him in the second round, right? Like, I think you have to pave the way for some of these young players. Even Leonard Miller, the 33rd overall pick that they just drafted last week. Mm-hmm. Don't be afraid if you're the Timberwolves to just have a couple roster spots open in your rotation for Josh Minot, Wendell Moore, and Leonard Miller and trust that one or two of them are going to come come to the table and be professionals this year. And the thing about that, too, is with what is going to, especially the new CBA with the cap, transpire within the next couple of years, you're going to have to do that anyway. Like, you're going to have to yep. get, and, and this is not just a, a Wolves thing, this is a league-wide thing, you're going to have to almost certainly get more creative and and developing like Tim Conley, one thing that, that we think about Tim is that the guy can draft, the guy can find, cultivate talent. Well, if that's the case, I think we're afraid partially based on Timberwolves history. Really, in fairness, pre Gerson. Gerson Rosas did a pretty good job. I mean, Gerson Rosas signed Nas, certainly had some very good second round picks. But you know, we still hearken back to when the Wolves were selling or basically, unfortunately, forfeiting second-round picks. So, yeah, I think there should be no hesitation in finding places for your young talent to play. Some will be bad. They won't make it. But you know what? Based on what we know about Conley, some should be good, and you have to give them that chance. And this default of, well, they're probably going to fail is really a Timberwolves thing from a bygone era that has not been true for a while now. Yeah. And just real quick to, I guess, to explain on the Torian Prince front, too. So he has a non-guaranteed contract this year. Jordan McLaughlin's the same way. So Torian Prince has a $7.4 million non-guaranteed contract. The Wolves can waive him and essentially make room to use the mid-level exception, which is $12.5-ish million on a different player. And even though Torian Prince is a really solid role player and he's one of the leaders of the team, too, like if there's if three or four guys on a list who are the leaders of the team, he's probably one of them. But he's 29 years old. He's a backup. And you're like, you have no plans to sign him to a two or three year extension. So 
you could use your you could say goodbye to him, use your mid level exception, bring in a guy that's two or three or four years younger on a multi year contract as you're looking for some some cost control here the next two or three years because of uh, all the other expensive players you have. And then you've got a guy like Josh Minot, like I said, who makes nothing, who could pick up some minutes uh-huh. over the next couple of years too. So so just some interesting options there on the peripherals as the Timberwolves look to, if they do run it back with Gobert and Carl Anthony Towns making a combined, you know, starting next year, like 90 to $100 million, you're going to need to find ways to fill out your roster here. So. Before we get to uh, Judd's head exploding with these Carl Anthony Towns comments in GQ, any other thoughts on just the Wolves look like they're going to run it back and make some improvements on the edges here as we head into the weekend? Any other thoughts on that? Well, you're going to get to the thought I've got if if you do indeed uh, elect to go this route. So, okay, what what you're about to talk about, in my opinion, is the single most important thing as far as the person goes. Um, Gobert is driving me crazy and I don't like what he's doing and he's a- aging. Uh, but as far as like the future of the franchise and the huge decisions that are going to, or should be made you're about to hit on it. Well, let's get into it then because Carl, when he was in New York, throwing out the first pitch of the Yankees game, got to hang out with Aaron judge and whatever. Yeah. He had a, a writer from GQ magazine following him around and doing a big feature. So there's a big like photo shoot and a feature and stuff. And uh, I'm just going to read you some quotes from the Q and a and see if Judd's head explodes. I'm just going to be an innocent, an innocent bystander here. I'm just going to see if Judd's head explodes. All right, let's start with this one. Towns elaborates on what he thinks about the trade chatter. Quote, I'm blessed that I found success in this league. And I've gained so much respect from fans and opposing teams that the thought of doing whatever it takes to trade for me to be on that team means a lot. It shows a lot of respect for my game and the work I've put in. I'll take it all as a compliment. Oh, the glasses are off. The glasses are off. (laughs) Take a deep breath. Does does this guy... Excuse me, I'm... Does up. this does this young man have a world in which he can live called reality? <laughs> like does mean? he does he pay any attention? And yes, you know what? I agree with him on one thing. He is very blessed. He's a he's blessed. He's got unbelievable skill. Uh he plays in a league that, that is the highest form of basketball in the world, and he gets paid really, really well. So he is blessed. Well, can but, I, can, can I read? Can I? I just, I'd like to read this again. And so you said he is blessed. He's right about that. I'm going to read this again. I want you, as I'm reading, to just yell the word wrong when I come to things that you think are wrong in this quote. Okay. All right. I'm blessed that I have found success in this league. Wrong. I've gained so much respect from fans and opposing teams. Wrong, wrong. That the thought of a team doing whatever it takes to trade for me to be on their team means a lot. It shows a lot of respect for my game Wrong. and the work I've put in. I'll take it as a compliment. Wrong. Um, the last part, I mean, of his decision. A- anyway, it's, it's, he lives in an alternate universe. He, honest to God, lives in an alternate universe. What's he, what is he? I don't understand a large part of that quote 
as far as, dude, you're if you're being shopped, it's because you have not had any playoff success. It's because of the fact that of comments like this. I don't under I can't even begin to get inside his head to understand how, how he thinks. And and let me be, be very clear. I don't think he's a dumb guy. Like, I really don't think he's a dumb guy. I think he's delusional as hell. But I don't think that we're talking about the ramblings of an idiot. I think we're talking about the well-crafted orca- orchestration of a guy who believes what he's saying and is so off base and nobody will tell him, Carl, dial it back. Come on. It feels a little like a defense mechanism that, like, it, again, if you were to pull the league, I don't think I don't think you'd sense a lot of respect. I don't, I don't hear a lot of people outside of, like, the Pat Bev podcast. I mean, when he said what he said about people are going to say I changed the game, right? And then when he said that it was actually a a more impressive accomplishment, what we yeah. did, the Timberwolves, compared yeah. to what the Nuggets did, the league laughed at him, right? Players and fans, he got clowned on, media. Yeah. So this is kind of his way of reshaping it and saying, well, if there's teams that want to trade for me, it's just a manifestation of all of the success I've had and the respect that people have for me. He did add... I've said I want to do great things in Minnesota, and nothing in my mind has changed that. They're the ones with the cards and said, like, we'll see where this goes. So here's the next one. I want Judd's head to literally explode. Like, I want, I want blood to splatter all over. Uh, I, don't, yeah. I, want, I want Judd's head to explode here. Oh, no. Towns won't hesitate to tell you how hard he's been busting his butt, nor will he shy away from addressing the haters who love to clown on him. Quote, I've been saving this finger for a championship, said Towns, pointing at his left ring finger. I've won at every level except college, unfortunately. So, high school? He's won in high school and AAU. Junior high? Youth leagues? Yeah, I was going to say youth leagues. Rec ball. Now, so, oh, my God. (laughs) Hold on a second. First of all, I'm just, I'm going to. For those who are watching, I'm going to put up my Carl Anthony Towns bobblehead. So if my head does explode, it'll hit him, which it should. He deserves it. Um, so what the hell is he talking about again? Like, I get it. I get what he's saying. It makes perfect sense. But it doesn't make any sense at all. I'm saving my ring f- finger for a championship. Dude, you haven't even gotten past the first round. And... Unfortunately for you, it's been on your head that you haven't been able to get past the first round. Like, what is he, how delusional, again, I'll come back to it. I I think it's the only word that applies here. How delusional is this guy about his career? Was he asked, like, about marriage, too? Like, is he saving his ring finger for not wanting to be married? Yeah, what does the gal think about this? Yeah, I I just Honey, we can get married, but only after I I win a championship. Yeah, I think that was part but but I mean that's this is just again. I want to know what levels is he talking about when he says I've won at every level except for college. Unfortunately, what are the other levels? So the Wolves are sixty games under five hundred in the Carl Anthony Towns era. A large chunk of them being not ninety games or whatever eighty games is because Jimmy Butler came on the scene, you know, for five minutes, right? But does he, when he says that, is he saying that he has won at the NBA level? Like, is that what, is that what he's saying? I didn't take it that way, but he might be. He talks like a guy who's been to a finals and lost. Like he talks like a guy who's been on the doorstep. 
This is Tom Bernard. Can't get enough of sports talk with Phil Mackey and Judd Zolgad. Tune in to the new Tom Bernard Show podcast Monday through Friday as Phil and Judd join me to discuss the latest sports headlines and whatever else comes to mind. Just download the Tom Bernard Show app wherever you get your podcasts or visit TomBernardShow.com. It's another way to get more from me and Judd talking sports and having fun with Tom, and it's all at your fingertips. Download the Tom Bernard Show app now and join the conversation. And that brings us to the next one here. In today's hot take landscape, flaws matter more than your credentials, which rubs Carl the wrong way. Take LeBron James, for example, winner of four titles in 10 trips to the NBA Finals. Quote from Towns, but we talk about the ones LeBron didn't win. Talking about how people are so quick to point out the things that you haven't done. Of course, again, uh, the key takeaway there is LeBron James has been to the NBA Finals ten times. Yes, <laughs> has won has won four championships. See, we're we're the same. We're the yeah, same. No, I know See, this people is I, people this criticize is, us for the things that we haven't accomplished. Well, this is what I'm saying. It's craziness. It's crazy talk. John Calipari was quoted here too. I get on Carl about his defense. Said Calipari, who recently hosted Towns uh, at his house after they attended a wedding. And Carl will argue with me and say the analytics say I'm really good defensively. And I'll tell him, I'm watching the games. I think you can be better. So at least Calipari is kind of poking. Um, It is noteworthy, too. Kevin Garnett spoke on uh, in this article, too. He says he still talks to Cat on a regular basis, pumps his tires. Quote, I'm looking for Carl to go for the MVP this year. No BS, says Garnett. I've seen the last three years, the people that are in his same category as a player are winning MVPs. It's time. The big man is activated. The big man is back sexy in the NBA. Just so, everybody, but, but, everybody stop. But he's saying, he, what he, I get what he's saying. I, yeah, I respect he's saying, hey, yeah. these comments. Jokic won two. Yep. Yeah. And Embiid won one. Where's yours, guy? And he's well, just, yeah. but he's saying it as an advocate for Cat. And Carl 100% has the talent to win an MVP. Like, there's no question about it. He's talented enough. It's those comments that are the first problem. Everything he just said is why he holds himself back. He thinks, and he is told, he is. it's reinforced, that he is somehow this player who has been on the precipice of championships. Like, you would, if you were to read that and, and you had no knowledge of his actual success or lack thereof, okay? Yeah. You would think, oh, this guy is very has been very close. This guy has been like knocking at the door of a championship. And he hasn't. And everybody, and, and this is what sort of so the Calipari uh comment is great because at least that's pushing back. I honest to God don't think Carl has nearly enough people in his life that push back. They're all and and part of the problem, I'm sure, is a lot of them have their hands out. You know, I mean they Carl, guys like Carl Anthony Towns are corporations. They got a lot to give, you know? And so are you going to buck that and be like, dude, we're actually more friends than that? So I'm going to tell you right now, get your act together. And and I think now in retrospect, it's partially why Butler ran into such a problem there. Because Carl couldn't even, like, like, let's say there's three layers to Jimmy's deconstruction plan of players, right? And Jimmy, don't get me wrong, is also nuts. But let's just say that there's three layers, and and the third one is that final practice, which was just a gong show, but was supposed to show you something. Yeah. Well, Carl doesn't. Carl can't get 
stage one. So like by the time you get to three, Carl's like, what, what? No, no, man, we're equals. It's like, no, you're not. And here's why. Yeah. It's so I'm with you, man. Like I read these and I, I want to give him chances sometimes. And I want to stop. I, sometimes I, I've told you guys this on the show. I sit here and I'm like, I'm kind of a bully when it comes to Carl Anthony Towns. I pick on him. I dunk on him. I hate on him. Even when I tweeted out these quotes this morning, it's like, I just tweeted the quotes, you know, and people are, yo, here's his Mackie again, hating on Carl. What are we supposed to do with these quotes? That's my question. Like, what do you want me to do as someone who follows this team, wants this team to, to finally do something relevant? And like, when the centerpiece of this franchise, which he still is, by the way, I know, I know we're trying to make it Anthony Edwards, but. Carl's the one that's going to start making $50 million next year. He's on a Supermax yeah. contract. He's Carl's the one doing GQ features in New York, right? Yep. I mean, it's it's a transition that's happening, and we can all see where it's going. That Anthony, And Anthony Edwards is the one that actually rises up in the playoffs. This is the thing. If he were to play at even 80% of the level that he talks at, the Timberwolves would probably have made the second round a couple times by now. You know? He talks and talks and talks after games to the media, to GQ, on social media, post-game. It's like a movie when he comes back on a Tuesday night against the Hawks. It's like, I don't want to hear any more of these empty words. Just work and play and try to win. Like, I keep going back to this. I'm trying to figure it out. Like, I've won at every level except college, unfortunately. What are you talking about? What are the levels, dude? Like, someone on Twitter pointed out, line of the day, did he three-peat in elementary school and he's, like, thumping his chest? Like, do you think you've won in the NBA? Half the teams in the league make the playoffs, and so it's like getting into the, sneaking into the play-in well, and getting beaten five games. That I wouldn't call that winning in the NBA. So I just, like, dude, like, if you're a teammate or a coach or Tim Connolly, how do you read these and think, yep, we can win a championship? with him as the central piece of what we're building. That's what makes it so hard for me. You don't. There's no way you can. You can't be a rational human being and listen to this guy's delusions and the narrative. He literally tries He literally tries to, to set a narrative that gaslights you as a fan or an executive or a coach to be like, no, 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 you're not seeing what you're seeing. Here's the deal with Carl. And it's like, no, dude. Like, we have to... When you have to go through, it's it's in some ways Cousins-esque, okay? We literally have to go through, for instance, that Memphis playoff series. And you will hear, well, yeah, but, I mean, he had two or three great games. The rest of the series, he was horse bleep. Like, Can it you wasn't imagine like, if that was Jokic? Not, like, what if Jokic only had, like, 60% yes, pretty but, good games? You but know? there's no, that's not a comeback. Well, he had a couple great games. That's, he's a superstar. He's supposed to be a superstar. Like, in... You will never win a championship if you are making excuses ever for your superstar or even get close to one. That's the thing is these guys aren't getting, he's not close to a championship and he's talking as if he is mentally, he is a losing player. He will never win a championship with the way he thinks. I mean, so he's telling John Calipari, well, my defensive analytics, you don't understand this. John Calipari is probably one of the few folks left in his life who will tell him the truth, and he's fighting that. That's all you need to know. Yeah. Do, do you think 
because t- Tim Connolly's done a few more media appearances. I think he went on KFXN last week, yeah. and he yeah. used words like he was talking about how emotionally immature the team was, and sort of like yes. can't remember the exact words, but it was it was words that would that would surmise as like emotionally unintelligent, right? Connolly knows. Connolly helped build ninety percent of what you saw in that Denver Nuggets championship team. Do you think he, like, when he reads quotes like this, he's, he's been playing his Carl Anthony Towns cards close to the vest. He has not, he's never come out and said, yep. he's, he's only come out and said positive things. Like, he's never come out and said, yeah. we can't have our star player disappear for half of the playoff games. We can't have our star player leading the NBA in fouls every single year. Like, he, he does not come out and criticize. But he criticizes the team with words that we use to describe Carl Anthony Towns, right? Mm-hmm. Where do you think Tim Connolly is on all of this? I'm not saying that. I'm not saying that like he's for sure going to trade him. I'm just saying like, where do you? What do you think Tim Connolly thinks of Cat after one year of observation? Well, I think he thinks. I think Tim Connolly thinks that Cat is just like we do, incredibly mentally soft and delusional. And I and look, Tim Connolly is actually probably playing this right. It doesn't do him any good to come out and publicly attack Cat. It it does him zero good to point out, well, in the playoffs, this guy's been a colossal bust far too often. So I think what what Tim Connolly's doing is smart. But I also think that there is a case to be made that the Timberwolves are well aware of the fact that, and it's not just this current regime, that the ship long ago sailed in reigning Cat in. So if you're going to trade Cat, you're going to keep as quiet as possible, which I mm-hmm. actually appreciate. But I don't, but you know, by the way, I don't think Cat changes his tune. So I don't think Cat goes in and says, "Okay, guys, I know I've been a disappointment. You know, I know this isn't working out like it should. I know I have to to do more." That it's you know, we just beat the Hawks on a Wednesday night. My first game back. That's Casablanca. That is how he portrays his life. Yeah. So I think the Timberwolves are well aware, and I think Tim Conley knows exactly, and I think Chris Finch, Chris Finch does too. Yeah. But trading Carl is going to be, you know, probably a very complicated process. But if you, you know, if they think at any point in time that Carl Anthony Towns is going to be on a team that parades the LOB around the floor at Target Center, I would be absolutely astounded. And Tim Conley, I think, knows exactly that. Yeah. I mean, they laughs at him. This right, goes though. beyond athletes, but like the thing that always has bugged me with Carl um, is I have just little to no patience. This is going to shock you uh, with people who do not have self-awareness and especially people who are in the limelight like this and have all a lot of things handed to them. And they're still just kind of aloof with their comments. It, it drives me nuts. And I, I think Carl, unfortunately, kind of falls in that bin. And, you know, he's been through a ton of stuff in his life and other people have been through a lot of difficult things in their life and how you process that there is no black and white. This is the best way to do it. This is the wrong way to do it. So I, I, I sometimes struggle with judging him on that aspect of those things that have happened in his personal life. Cause it's not fair for me to put myself in his shoes into his brain, but man, there are just some things he says that just, it blows my mind that that guy says these things. And I yeah. think that's what frustrates me the most. Yeah. You know, one last thing on this, and we have write that down predictions today, and we'll do them on both shows. Another scoop session with Doogie tomorrow so we can get into more Timberwolves stuff. But 
KG wants to sort of nudge Cat and say, hey, it's time. Hey, Jokic got his MVPs and Embiid got his. I mean, you're part of this big man group like I was. It was the it was me and Tim Duncan and Chris Webber and like Duncan got his. I got mine. Shaq, where's yours? Are you going to be put on that same mantle as your peers as you're playing? So I appreciate that line of thinking, especially if he's applying the pressure to Cat. But just to illustrate how far away Cat is now from Jokic, and those two were pretty equal, I think, maybe four or five years ago. And Jokic was obviously a second-round stock. Cat was the number one overall pick. In these playoffs, so Cat, in his last two playoff seasons, has straight up disappeared or sabotaged like four, five, maybe six playoff games where he gets into foul trouble, he can't even play 30 minutes, uh, or he shoots like 25 or 30% from the field. We we know these games. We've seen these games, right? You can make a case that Jokic's worst playoff game of the 20 he played this year, there's a couple candidates. I would say the first one is the only game he shot worse than 42% was against the Timberwolves. It was, uh, I think it was game five. Yes, it was the it was the clincher. And Jokic shot 27% in that game. But the Nuggets still won the game, and he wound up with 28 points, 17 rebounds, 12 assists, 2 That's blocks, right. and 2 steals Right in his worst game. Yep. And then if you want to look and see, like, oh, what about some of the non-triple doubles? Well, he had a game against Miami, a 13-point win, by the way, where he shot 42%. It was his second-worst shooting performance of the playoffs. He still goes for 23, 12, 4, 3 steals, 3 blocks. Yeah. His worst games are triple doubles and dominant performances in wins. So you don't get, like you said earlier, you don't get to just disappear for three games in a seven-game series or, you know, be awful in the fourth quarter against the Lakers. And well, But, like, but look at the first quarter. Or, but look at those other two games. Right. Look at the first Dude, three if quarters. You, if, if you want to be, you want to be on the Jokic level, you want to be one of the top big men in the NBA now, the bar is set. You don't get to play poorly in big games. You just don't. like that. That's a fair bar for where he was drafted, where he's at in his career, and the money he makes on that Supermax contract. And this comes down to, to me, it's a very simple thing. This comes down to wanting to be considered a superstar without having put in the work. You know, how often have we heard, hey, Carl was with, uh, with, was with his girlfriend in Paris, but he hit a gym. Oh, that's great. That's fantastic. He, he hit a gym while vacationing. Like, think about it. When's the last time that you flat out heard Carl say, I'm going in the gym all summer, and I'm not coming out until I am as polished physically in my game as I can possibly be, and I'm not going to whine. I'm not going to complain. I mean, if you think about it, he whines to officials like he is like he is Kareem Abdul-Jabbar. And I'm not saying Kareem did, but I'm saying he's got the same expectation of treat me like that. I'm a right. star. Well, you know, fans do too. I mean, fans will say, because the, the immediate comeback to you is going to be, well, dude, LeBron James bitches to officials. Jokic bitches to officials. LeBron James and, and uh, Draymond Green were over in Europe, you know, sure. parading around last week. So, like, why can't Carl? That's that's what that's what people And LeBron gonna... James works works 10 times harder. And the thing is, as you said, he's been to 10 championships rounds and has four rings but the other thing too and and it seems small but it's big and you, phil you have uh, talked about this a lot that first game back against the hawks okay where carl did play what you know he got the shot it was great they won he acted though like that was a crowning achievement 
and it was a midweek game after he had missed 50-some games against the Atlanta Bleeping Hawks at the time. When that to you is like, this is big, it's like a movie, you don't understand what big is then, and you have no interest in understanding it. Like, he takes these minor accomplishments for what him should be like, okay, good, we won, next game. Like, think about how KG approached things, and KG was a killer, too. So, yeah, he would celebrate, but he wanted your throat. The author of this piece spent a full paragraph comparing how similar KG and Cat's careers were. And I almost jumped out the window. No, you can't. No. And and, and KG should. Well, they both lost in the first round. It's like, uh, let's pump the brakes. KG should hunt that guy down. Well, KG did an interview with him. KG should now hunt him down and say, I'm hunting you down because of those stupid paragraphs that you wrote. That's unbelievable. All right. Well, we unsuccessfully uh, got Judd's head. Judd's head did not explode, I guess. It so came close a couple times. But yeah. Yep. All right. We got to go. We got to get to some predictions. Bye. Bye, everybody. Okay, bye. Bye, Carl.